Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between. Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal on Super Talk Mississippi. Happy New Year, one and all. Guess what? This is the last show of 2023. I, for one, am very happy that it will be 2024 very soon. Maybe you've got some ideas about it. Maybe you've got some plans. Maybe your garden's growing on you, as they say, and you've got some things you really want to get out and do. Or maybe you'd just rather talk about some new plants that will be available this coming year. If you haven't already seen them, we can do that, too. Now, first and tops of the news here in the Garden Mama show today. Don't forget the stream, okay? I'm I'm not going to say you shouldn't be paying a lot of attention to the Peach Bowl and every other bowl. You should. But keep us on your stream, supertalk.fm. You'll get us. Come on. Get it in the app. We're there. And the good news is you won't feel like your conversation got closed up or shut down because it never does around here. Yeah, good morning, day, Lance. Good morning. And this day you can multitask. You can watch a ball game and, and <laughs> right. listen That's to Garden right. Mama. And, our, and the game won't even be on until the, the second round. So, That's right. You know, the, you the, the pre, the, I do that ahead of time because everybody has to take a little time. We, mm-hmm. We're not all as quick as others. We might have to find the stream and figure out what I'm talking about yes. when I say you can listen there. That's mighty nice of you but to I, set it up. Because if I don't, it's, it's as if there's no pins at the end and I'm just rolling the bowling ball you know <laughs> there's got to be something to hit and that's the show so well, and, and everybody's heard every analysis you can possibly hear <laughs> probably on, on the by pregame now, yes. shows by now I <laughs> so can assure you this. we're way more interesting <laughs> at this point than well and and for those of you who don't happen to be looking in at supertalk.tv you do not see the piles of paper that I have all over the place I'm going to try and finish up everything I've wanted to say today that before we go into next year, I don't know if that's going to work, but there's always there's always something that I need to think about a little bit longer, or there's something that I need to do a little bit more research on, or something that I don't quite get, and I need to hear a little bit more about it. So there, those stories are what are guiding me today, in, in addition, of course, to your phone calls, your texts, and the very, very first, of course, um, on, on the line today is Trey and Grenada. Now... Trey's really doing the Happy New Year all the way today, and I'm going to tell you that this is way more fun than it should be because, frankly, he has a cuter gnome than I have. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) Now I've got to get the Santa gnome. Come on. But it is indeed true that um, we have some joyful, joyful ideas about what we're doing with our plants, and sometimes those end up in Trey's meme cartoon delivery system, and he sends them to us, and so we get to put them up at supertalk.tv for you to enjoy as well. No, I don't post them into the Garden Mama group. There's too many of them. You would never see another picture of a plant if I I put all the memes in there that y'all send. Now, 
I have to say, we're going to start at the very beginning. We're going to start at your face today. I could not believe when I read this, and I I believe it actually is true because I went and did a little bit more research to look it all up. The difference between our tongues is uh, is showable, but not until we had AI. How does that strike you? This is talk about things to, that, to consider. Between artificial intelligence and the availability of 3D images of the human tongue, guess what? They're unique. Like fingerprints, they are a thing. You have yours, I have mine, everybody's got theirs. And in fact, this is kind of an interesting, we understand the tongue has a lot of work to do. It, it filters, it, it does all sorts of other stuff for us. But in terms of that biological makeup, we really do have to understand how it affects our sense of taste. And yeah, how, how the mouthfeel of food would be, for example. The research has a huge potential for helping us understand more about, oh, you know, food preferences, like why my children wouldn't eat anything that was ever in the water for about two years? Why, the, why somebody else's child won't eat anything yellow? You know, what is that all about? Well, sometimes it's actually about the way that your tongue works. These are the papillae, which we've researched a lot, but they have not really gotten to the point that they're able to do now because the AI models were designed specifically to give us a better understanding. And in fact, they're able to do that. They were designed to predict the age and gender of the volunteer involved. They got it right 60% of the time. Now, come on. This is brand new AI. You can't expect 90% of the time. But, you know, I have to say, that's pretty good Pretty good for any kind of technology. Good morning, Rich and Kentwood. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you very much for weighing in this morning and for all that you bring to this show. All of y'all are the gifts, you understand. This has been... Um, a wonderful year here for the Garden Mama Show, and I really do appreciate all of you intensely, more than you could ever imagine, probably, because guess what? This is not just the Garden Mama Show. This is Garden Mama's world, and I appreciate you being here. Do you like the uh, bits and pieces that I sent this morning, Lance? Misery might love company, but so does Joy, and Joy throws much better parties. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> Stay away from that misery if you if you if possibly you possi- can. At least at least right now we we all have to. If you don't experience misery, you don't experience joy. I get that. Well, if you've but had right misery, now though, we know, need a little joy. Yeah, if you if you have experienced misery, <laughs> yes. then there's no there's no need to continue experiencing it because you know what it is. You're exactly right. We can go the joy route. We need to go the joy route, and of course, ubatory um, is that we'll get to that one in a little bit because that's another concept. But right now. What are you doing for your parties? Are you having parties? You, I'm, you know, I'm having a bonfire, my, my own personal bonfire in my backyard. But I don't know what the rest of y'all are doing. Tomorrow is, in fact, National Champagne Day. But here's the problem. It's also Make Up Your Mind Day. And I'm not sure which comes first. <laughs> so if you make up your mind to have champagne or if you... Drink champagne, and that leads you to want to make up your... I don't know. I don't know. I prefer to think of champagne as something I don't have to think too much about, you know? I just drink Prosecco. I like Prosecco. Yeah, it, my, my favorite. So versatile. It's actually a preference for me, too. But not not just because of the bubbly part of it. It actually has a different taste that, that I like. Yeah, I like the versatility. You can mix it a lot. It, it, mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many cocktails that you can use yes. it as your base. And then for just basic... 
uh, drinking purposes, if just a dash of this or a dash but, of that. But if anyone and, walks up to me with a bottle of Moet Chandon, oh, sure. I'm not going to turn it down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> of course not. Why would you do that? I've actually been to that winery. It was nice. But part of what we talk about when we consider all of these things, really, is their effect on us. Not just that, that they're going to make us giddy because it's an alcohol with a lot of bubbles in it, but but how does it smell? How does it taste? How does it go in, as as Lance says, how does it mix with other things, you know? Um, Mimosa is not the only thing to do with champagne. <laughs> there are a lot of choices. It's all about, though, what is the concept of the nose, okay? Do you know that your nose has a trillion different scents potentially that it could encounter? You're not going to encounter that many in your life, I don't think. But this particular study from Columbia University is letting us know that the the previously undetected mechanism, which is actually how those cells all adapt to what they're running into, that's why you have the opportunity in your own nose, your mammalian nose, to be able to sense everything from things you like to things you don't like to about a thousand different things in between, you know, gradations of, of good smell and bad smell. If you want to read about this, it's in the journal Nature, which is always one of those things that you wish was at the doctor's office. You wish somebody would subscribe to it so that it would be into the, in, you know, something you could actually read while you're there. I don't have any problem with all the pop culture stuff, but good grief. When those are old, they're really old. Nature doesn't get old. You can read about something you hadn't read about next year, and you won't care if it's an, an, older, biz, an older bit of magazines. But how these things, how all of these sensory cells make their receptor choices has really been the problem for the researchers. And I'm glad that we're getting a little farther along to it. That word olfaction, you know, it's all your olfactories, your smells is actually going to be a big deal in 2024 because they're expanding this study. I'm, I'm kind of into that. I like that. Those of us who have chronically stopped up noses and allergies and whatnot are usually really interested in this because we want to know if we can still smell or not. Trey is giving us uh, some even sweeter, sweeter memes now. We've gone through some funny ones today, but that's really beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Good morning, Paula from Dentville. Oh, my goodness. Hey, y'all. Hey, Paula. Paula's off today. <laughs> That's wonderful. Two Saturdays in a row. That's rare. And she's going to watch. We're so glad. Come on over to supertalk.tv and join Paula and all the rest of us. You, um, you, may, you may or may not want to know what, we're see, what we look like, but what we sound like is just as good on the TV. <laughs> we can do both. <laughs> I'm rich, I'm sorry. You have you you have just found the world that I live in. The squirrels are tearing it up. And he says, How do I get the squirrels to stop doing this? You don't get the squirrels to stop doing anything. I don't know how to tell you this. My my own personal and this is absolutely the truth, the squirrels stay in their trees because I have cats on the ground. People who can't stand for there to be cats in the garden think I'm a horrible person. But the birds stay in the trees, too, and they tease the cats, and the, the cats tease the squirrels, and it all actually works pretty well together because they do, in fact, first of all, they keep the birds and the squirrels out of my tomatoes, and second of all, the squirrels have to stay up in the trees where they belong. Now, I will tell you that I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, you, if I'm a squirrel and I get into a tree, at the be at at Memphis, you know, come down coming down through the the along the river in the oak tree world, 
I can go all the way to the coast and never get out of an oak tree. I really believe that because that's that, that's a highway for them. So the the good news is they do move a lot, but the bad news is Kentwood's part of <laughs> that route, so I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of them. Is it cold? up? Yes, it's cold. It's 29 degrees here. Um, it's 28 in Kentwood today. Wow, were they surprised. <laughs> now, that's not to say that you won't be wearing flip-flops on New Year's Eve in two days, because it is going to warm up. I'll have to at least take off three of these layers that I have on today, but it's been very cold this morning. I know that many of us take this time of the year to look at, you know, to do, do some not just resolutions for the future, but also some reflection upon how we are living our lives and what we're doing. In some cases, it becomes literally drawing the garden out in another way. Um, I've driven, I've drawn my garden so many different ways that if I had done them all, I could have a, an entire program just about how you renovate your landscape. Obviously, most of this is all is in my head because I'm seeing what I want, and then I have to find a way to get it to happen. Those things are not always connected in the garden world, as you probably have noticed. We would all like to have, for example, the most beautiful blueberries on the block. Well, some years we probably do. Other years, maybe not so much. As as you probably you may or may not know this, but last year was not a great year for blueberries in home gardens. We had such we had such hot weather right at the time that they were about to be ripe, and we also before that had so much water that they were kind of bland, and that that didn't help. But as we're looking at those issues, we're also looking back at which way we're going to take ourselves spiritually, perhaps, emotionally, perhaps, into the new year. How did it go last year? What do I need to, as, as, as we're talking about, you know, if we've seen pretty much misery, would we like to see some joy? And can we make those two things balance out? We need to. We very much need to. York University is, has been talking to people who are self-identified as religious. They want to know about that cold concept leap of faith. Does having faith, does thinking about your higher power lead you to be boldened, to be emboldened? Or how, how does all of that affect you as a person? This particular faculty, Health Factory, in fact, is who studied this, said, yep, actually, in this particular study, the, the ones, the people who were more likely to take risks in their life were ones who thought of God as a benevolent protector. Well, that sounds pretty good. If I if I'm I don't want you to be foolish, but if you do have a strong faith and you believe you wear it like a cloak, you would certainly feel like you could take a little risk here and there or maybe even a large risk here and there and it would not be difficult for you. A lot of other people don't understand this at all, and that's why they're doing this study is so that they can explain to people where this quality comes from and why people of faith have it. In the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, this is a team as long as my arm in their names, so just trust me. They looked specifically at Christian Americans who are known to believe in a God that protects them from harm. Again, these are people who are self-identified. They, they signed up for the study because they knew that they were in this category and they wanted to be in, involved in it. Previous research had told us this was not necessarily the true. But now we also know that people have the tendency to take on morally positive, what they consider to be, I should say, morally positive. Not everybody has the same measures as me, but morally positive activity 
that even might be a little bit risky. So what do you think about that? Are you a risk taker? If you're a risk taker, is it because of your faith? Do you have uh, is it is it a rational thing? You, you have have demonstrations in your life where things have worked out pretty well. Well, I'm, I'm having a moment now because I'm trying to give you an idea of what I'm talking about because it goes directly into the garden. If you believe that you and your garden have an opportunity to be better next year, you may resist doing any changes because you feel like, okay, we're all right like this. But on the other hand, if your faith in the greater good is that you want to see it be even more, of course you're going to take those risks. Gardening is the original gamble. If you if you look back at the Garden of Eden or the, any garden, when we talk about the development of gardens as cultural things, it came because we were trying to keep our stuff safe from the animals that wanted to eat the food we were growing. Okay, so that in that in itself is a risk to try and keep wild animals away from your house and your food takes a little bit of doing. So it's just something to consider as we go into this particular new year. I'm, I'm happy to say that the mantra still remains, have shovel, will dig. Um, this is indeed the best time of year for digging something up and putting it someplace else or for getting to the garden center and getting yourself some new shrubs and trees, planting them, maybe even planting those ones that you have been rooting now for about a year, or air layering. All of those things are done well at this time of year, and I hope that you're doing them. I also really hope that you are moving those perennials, as I continue to try to do. And in fact, don't forget, it's about getting to be time to prune the hollies. So think about it. If you didn't cut any of their berries for the holidays... Well, maybe it's time to give them a little bit of a trim now. We'll talk about that in 2024, too. Stick around. This is The Garden Mama Show. Please do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com. Energy for everyone. Propane. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. 
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 601- 864-3752. Us England for Clark's Remodeling and Repair. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know, why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Clark's Remodeling and Repair, a company you can trust. 601-214-9463. That's 601-214-9463. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. ReservoirKarate.com at the Flowwood YMCA has the adult training for you in martial arts. Want to get in shape, feel great, have more energy, and improve your overall well-being? Training for martial arts is for you. Build your core strength, flexibility, hand-to-hand combat, and lifelong self-defense skills. Classes start in January, so don't delay. ReservoirKarate.com at the Flowwood YMCA. 2024 is the time for you to make a change. Space is limited, so don't delay. Find out more at ReservoirKarate.com. ReservoirKarate.com. That's ReservoirKarate.com. wondering uh, what plans you might ought to change like quickly here's one if you have a gazillion dollar wedding planned for 2024 or even a modest one you could have just for the price of a plane ticket gone to Las Vegas and been part of what is apparently a gigantic phenomenon because tomorrow is 12:31:23. your wedding anniversary will be 123123 And as a result, they're actually setting up tables in the Las Vegas airport because so many people are going there to get married. They've got to do some a little bit, shall we say, early marriage license issuance because they can't have all those people standing at the courthouse because they've all got to get to the Las Vegas chapel, wherever it is they're getting married. I think that's amazing. I, I, I know people plan for all kinds of things, but I wouldn't have thought about the numbers, interestingly enough. But I, I, I'm just tickled. 
<laughs> oh yes, the my favorite Dutch my favorite cabbage variety is uh, flat Dutch, and I'm, I'm looking at a truckload of cabbages from Rich in Kentwood, and I just asked, you know, do you grow that one? Yes, he does. The reason I ask that is because this is a variety that does not grow really well up in the upper Midwest or even in the Imperial Valley of California. It grows much better where there is actually a little bit more humidity and a little bit more of our kind of conditions. Plus, they're pretty, and they're not because they're not as tight of a head. They are kind of flat looking. They're, they, they, look, they look more like a beret than a basketball. Okay, And as a result, they're, they're greener on the inside. They're not as tight. You know, tight heads of cabbage sometimes can be like the bowling balls I was talking about before. They're really, really severely dense, which is great. But if you like this other thing, it's a different different kind of cabbage. It's just another cabbage. But I'm glad to know somebody else is still growing that. Oh, these are beautiful. Paula has, uh, has you look like you're, if, if, you're, if my house was as clean as yours, this could be my bedroom because that's where I have my two piece lilies. And she's got two that are as big as mine. She wants to repot them. Um, I'm... I'm going to say, unless they are actually wilting quickly, don't repot for a little while. But if you if you have the opportunity, then you know you have a greenhouse, you have the the recovery mechanisms for them to be able to repot it, be repotted. I would probably take them out of the pot, take some of that apart, and put them back into this pot, and put some other smaller ones out to share or to add to your collection. If I if you repot this whole thing. It's going to be heavy, and all you have to do to, to move it up one is to move it up a, to a container that's one size bigger all the way around, deeper and wider, okay? That's going to be a very heavy container. So you may want to take the plant out, take parts of it out, some of the, cl- some of the crowns out, and move them to another container and reuse that same pot again. These are just beautiful. I do love peace lilies. You know, the biggest problem that we have with peace, lily, peace lilies or spathophyllums is that we do not re- realize that they are not to be kept wet all the time. But on the other hand, if you have them in so much sunlight that they wilt often, they're not going to do well either. So they, they need a moderate environment, and they need to be watered when the top of the soil feels dry, not before that. I, I think that's important to know about. I know that I get every time I get a, a message from this one particular correspondent in my email, there's nobody that I'll ever consider changing my email for, but every now and then, these are very thoughtful. Some, and some of them are not so thoughtful. But one of them was, why in the world do you care about the fossil record? You're talking about plants. Well, that's a big topic. And yes, first of all, I just care about it. But secondly, there's oftentimes information in the fossil record that gives us knowledge about the plants that we have today. Okay, so those are interesting. This one, though, is actually just a true crime story that everybody ought to be aware of. The University of Colorado at Boulder. When anytime, anytime a, a news story begins, recovered from looters, you know, you know that it's going to be interesting. But in April of 2015, this is a few minutes ago, they were called looters because they looted a burial site, ancient cave burial site in the Altai Mountains of western Mongolia, okay? 
why do we care about this? Because it changes what we know about people and their relationship with horses. What? How is that possible? Because when the police arrested the criminals, they found what they had taken. And indeed, one of them was this magnificent, elegantly carved saddle made from birch wood, several different pieces of birch wood put together, just beautiful. The Mongolian, the university there collaborated with Boulder University to describe it. The radiocarbon dating pins it to roughly the 4th century CE, okay, common era, which is one of the earliest known of these hard frame saddles that are in the world. Um, And it's really interesting to me to get our whole business of people and horses pushed that far back. Ten Ten countries' worth of scientists collaborated on this. They published in the journal Antiquity. So this is the top of the line for this kind of information. It is really interesting that the animals and humans in Mongolia have the relationships there have not been studied as much as they would have liked. This, of course, has been grasslands and steppes and all of these things. But the 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 horses are not as the horses are built for this environment. They're built with shorter legs, very very sturdy. Lots and lots of thick, capable, thick, thick fur, thick hair, I should say, capable of, and skin, capable of tolerating that particular weather. And indeed, even as we speak, there's somebody toasting the new year with a rag. What is a rag, you would say? It's a light, a lightly alcoholic beverage made from fermented horse milk that is very popular in Mongolia. I'm sure with some Prosecco in it, we could tolerate it. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. But this relationship has been going on much longer than we thought, like a thousand years at least longer than we thought. Paula says that she thinks she'll break them up and repot them. I think that's the way to go. And if you have a recovery environment like a greenhouse, it will go better. If you don't, you may want to put them all together in that bright room and actually put a shower curtain around them. And I don't mean so that you put a shower on them. I just mean so that the humidity around the plants can stay high. You may want to put all of them on a gravel gravel trays for that same reason and keep those misted while the plants are rooting. It's really fun. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Love that cabbage. That's so pretty. I know that y'all. Some, there's somebody out there going. I just heard a woman on the radio saying, "I love that cabbage. That particular one. I do." <laughs> you would too. You will too. Trust me. You're going to find it and you'll like it. Something else that I hope you will be doing is to take a look this weekend at those empty vegetable beds that I know everybody's got, and. When we are looking at that, we are going to give you the opportunity to say, what do I do next? Okay? It may just be that everything looks great. All you do is put on some new mulch, leave it there until you're ready to plant in the springtime. On the other hand, you may notice that some of your rows have sunk. And so in a good wet patch of weather, you'll want to turn those over a bit then put on some fresh mulch. But if you feel like the soil has played out a little bit, that is to say, "Mm, you haven't fertilized it and you haven't done this and you haven't done that, you just grew in it last year, this could be the time for planting a cover crop for just a few weeks that in turn becomes a green manure crop. That is to say, whatever we plant. Some people plant alfalfa. Some people plant whatever seeds they have left over in the drawer from last year that they know are not going to be that great this year. Maybe even something you didn't like so much, so you plant those. And as soon as they come up, get about an inch and a half tall, you turn them under 
for the nourishment that those green leaves can bring to your bed. If, on the other hand, you've got sections of that vegetable bed that didn't drain at all last year, now's the time to do the work. Get your organic matters, get them turned in, get the whole business turned around, turned up. We don't think of this like you can you can think of it in terms of chili or lasagna. Either way, you can do layers or you can do it all tied up, you know, churned up together. It doesn't really matter. The point is to get all of those things into what it will be the future root zone of your plants. And that's because what we're trying to do always, of course, is to build the biofilm, build the ability of the roots to have an exudate that can nourish the rest of the environment. That takes care of the critters, macro and micro. They, in turn, provide what the roots need for you to, for your plant to be able to grow. So when all these things work together, the biofilms are a big piece of it. What, what we're looking at right now, of course, is the ability of those creatures, those bacteria, to do more work. Um, I hesitate to quote anything from Penn State, but I will anyway today. This is this is how growing the biofilms shape their own environment. In other words, when they're there, things are different than when they're not there. We've talked about the soil food web before. Things are different in the soil when you have roots in there than when you don't. When you have all the biofilm potentialities, you get the biofilm, and that in turn nourishes everything else. Now, why is that interesting to us? Well, obviously because we're trying to grow better plants, and that's a big piece of what it takes for us to grow some better plants. Um, Yes, you're right. Rich, I agree with you. That's a very sweet cabbage. That's probably why I like it, too. You know, I tend to like a bit of sugar here and there. Trey, you're trying to knock me off my game today, but I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> That's funny. This one's going to take a little while, and yes, I agree with Lance. It'll probably be purple. Uh, for those of you, <clears throat> well, anyway, we'll talk about that. What does happen to the brain when you're daydreaming? Hmm, I think there's a little daydreaming going on over here. I know that I come from a world uh, where they, they put all of us daydreamers in an aisle with, without the windows next to us. They put us down one side of the classroom so we were behind each other and couldn't talk to each other, but also so that we couldn't just stare out the window. And, and that daydreaming is something that most of us have to try and control at least a little bit because we can easily drift off into our what they call the internal monologue. I never knew that that was a thing. I had no idea that what was going on inside my head was was actually just mine. I, I just I don't know what you thought. But when we look at another of the publications recently in Nature, the idea at Harvard Medical School was to try and figure out what happens in your brain while these things are going on. And they have they have some preliminary suggestions about how it's going to work, but but we have to do some more research, of course, as is usually the case. But the idea is that daydreaming does, in fact, have an impact on how your brain then sees things, how you look towards things. We wanted to know if this happened at a neurobiologic level and whether or not these quiet reflections could play into learning and memory. Well, I would have said, of course, um, and many people who are at this particular time of year, trying to figure out how you're going to do something differently, how you're going to perhaps modify a behavior or add one. Those are all the bits and pieces of daydreaming, because if you can, if you haven't thought about it, then you can't make it happen. If you haven't seen it, 
in your own mind, you can't put it into your hands to do it. And so that's part of the daydreaming phenomenon. I like it. I think it's real smart. Raising Clinton this morning, talking about blueberries, they put out uh, three new bushes, and they're wondering if they should be doing anything else to them right now, fertilizing or whatever. I'm not going to do anything to them at this moment. The reason I say that is because they're probably in good shape, and they really do just need to get accustomed to being in their environment before they can take off to grow. I would not expect them to start growing um, and, and until the second year, and since it is the second year for them, um, I would say fertilize them as soon as a new leaf pops out in the springtime. That's going to be the best opportunity, really, to get them going. We can fertilize them now, but it's not going to do them any good in the sense that they're not ready to take up fertilizer. And if it washes away, it then you have to do it again later anyway. So I'm going to wait and do that one about probably about a month. Let that happen. Okay, okay. I remember talking a minute, a little bit about the origin of maize and the origins of so many things really are to be studied. There's a lot of bits and pieces of all of this. And, of course, maize is one of the world's largest grown, the most grown crops. We grow it for feed. We grow it for food. We grow it for Ethanol, we grow, we grow corn for all kinds of stuff. All of the modern maize, and for those of you who have observed any of the work from Seeds of Change, you already know this, but all of it comes from a, a hybrid created just over 5,000 years ago in central Mexico. We are all tied up. Then that was thousands of years after it was first domesticated because we've been growing corn since forever. But we did do this. We made a better step. And all of it that we have, well, it is all better maize. I want to say hello to my own Tupelo honeys. I hope everybody at, in, in Campbell World is doing well today. Stick around. This is the Garden Mama Show. Happy New Year. Hi, this is Fred Johnson, president of Mississippi 811. I'm proud to announce that Bob and Jenny have finally moved into their new house after living in a doghouse for a couple of years. As you may know, that was because Bob decided to pound a sign in their front yard without contacting 811 and hit a gas line. Bob has finally learned his lesson, but if he forgets, I'm sure that Jenny will remind him. Remember, safety is in your hands every dig, every time. Be sure to contact Mississippi 811 at least three working days before you dig. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.com. 
So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from Experience Believe Me. You need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins 601-966-8233. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Ready for new tires? Head to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We offer a wide selection of name brand tires, rims, and all the auto accessories in one stop. Rapid Tire Exchange can help you find the perfect tires for your vehicle. I've been coming out here for years. I've been happy with their service. They're quick to get me in and out, and they always have what I need. So come to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We'll make sure you get the right tires for your vehicle at a price you can afford. Rapid Tire Exchange located right behind Rapid Oil Change 953 Highway 80 East and online at rapidtireexchange.com. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For the extra peace of mind, call the Orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchardretirement.com. Hi, this is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our two men in a truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 24 perennial of the year well they almost got this one right it's a phlox paniculata called gina it's a beautiful phlox it is the if you if you know um our friend robert poor phlox the big purple one which my mother used to call pink as opposed to pink because it's so loud this one is actually 
more lavender. It's a, it's a little bit sweeter color, as they say. Really distinct uh, markings on each of the, the, the centers of each of the petals. So it's a really pretty flower to look at. Just like all the Phlox paniculatas, it is a big plant, and it does, in fact, have lots and lots of flowers on it. It will grow very, very well in the southeastern part of the United States with two caveats. First of all, this is a plant that is not as happy with heat and humidity as things like Robert Poor or even even um, Delta Snow in terms of the other Phlox paniculata that we grow. It is, however, a real good companion provided you've got good drainage and good spacing. That means if you want to grow this one and propagate it by digging it up every year and, you know, adding some to the plant swap or adding some to some other thing, that other bed that you're doing or some other person you want to give it to, it's a great one for that because it needs really good air circulation to prevent powdery mildew. One of the problems that we have growing flocks in the Deep South is in a bad year of powdery mildew, they all look like they've died. Well, they haven't, but they just look like that. So you can think of it as a bad hair day. It's not fatal, but it's pretty tough stuff. Then when we what we're talking about, of course, are cultural conditions to keep that from happening. The good news is it's a really pretty flower. And when the perennial folks, the the perennial um, plant perennial plant association names one, it is pretty much able to be grown everywhere in the United States. I'm not going to plant it, good morning, y'all, in, in Ocean Springs because I think it's going to just be too hot for it. And I'm, I'm confident that as time goes by, we won't see this one as far south as we do Robert Poor going into the next periods of time. But it is the perennial plant of the year. It will be offered to you, and you should probably enjoy it. It's a beautiful plant. It's, it's a really, really nice one. Um, this is this is really good. Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad to see that, Rich. They're doing some deep soil work at his place, taking core samples, which is very important, by the way. If you if you're going to farm somewhere for a very long time, which we hope you will, we understand we're having fewer and fewer what are considered small farm entities because of the not only the expense but the inavailability of enough labor to keep it going, as well as Frankly, the cost of getting getting the food to market has has gone way up. But all of those things really do depend on your soil. So if you have not done those, if you have not given yourself, um, for example, a chance to see whether or not you need to be adding mycorrhiza or adding f- fertilizer, you, you need to do that. Um, the team of researchers recently, in fact, in Switzerland, has been working on one of my very favorite phenomenon that of course is mycorrhizal fungi i have told you forever that if you no offense if you don't use anything but 13 13 13 in your soil and you're growing whatever you're growing vegetables um, not 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 field crops but you know growing plants in your yard eventually there's going to be problems and eventually you're going to realize that it was a lot of money for something that you could have gotten more out of a different approach because that's agricultural fertilizer. We come from an agricultural world. Why wouldn't I use that in my garden? Because you don't need to. What you need to be doing is building the soil so that it can grow the plants for you. Okay? Now, here's the other thing. The when we have when we have farmland, we, we have both good guys and bad guys in the soil, so to speak. They could be girls, I'm not being sexist. But there there are phenomena that work and others that do not. But the ones that attack the plants can be suppressed by a better soil itself. 
And so that's why mycorrhizal fungi, one of the most, the example of the biological alternatives to pouring in all this fertilizer on top of things is to allow the soil to get built. And this is one of the ways that we do it. This is the first time being shown on a large scale that the application of mycorrhizal fungi into the field actually can work. This is not this is not baloney. This is inoculation against many of the, the diseases that pathogens can bring to us and to the general malaise that it can contribute having, even if the pathogens are not taking plants down, it contributes to a poor soil re- result. And so it, I would like for you to consider that the mycorrhiza are not just me talking about it. The mycorrhiza are proven better sources into your soil okay we can talk about that at great length if you want to or we can just move along but it's up to you to figure out what's going to go in your soil and if you're not nourishing the soil if you're not feeding the soil then feeding the plants is going to be kind of secondary after a period of time i know that our time is tight but we have one more story about reindeer for the year (laughs) i need to bring to you those of you who've been kind enough to uh Subscribe to or resubscribe to the weekly newsletter, All Things Garden Mama. Y'all have been so sweet. And there's still plenty of room for you. Next year, next week will be the week when you look in your email box on Friday and you go, oh, I didn't send that to her. Or you can say, oh, I did. Because <laughs> if you subscribe, you'll get it. And if you don't, it's going to be missing. Therefore, let me tell you about this is the story that I promoted for today. To investigate the influence of the seasonal, we understood about the light and dark and being able to see the algae and feeding and the fact that their eyes are better than their noses, perhaps, in this case. I'm sorry sorry about that, Rudolph. But it is real important to understand that reindeer do function differently, even from other ruminant animals. Now, ruminant animals, of course, are the ones that chew their cud, Um for those of you who don't don't get all that, you don't need an explanation from me. Cows and and reindeer and one thing and another have more than one stomach, and they, they how they ruminate how they ruminate is how they digest. It's where we get our word ruminate from to read something over and ponder it a little bit, to look at it and think about it, to not just digest it on the first read. Okay, that's that's rumination, and it's rumination in reindeer as well. They sleep. While they're chewing their cud, the cud, of course, is what is the partially digested food that is that is what is what the ruminant is ruminating. Okay, and they didn't know this. Current biology is where this is getting um, reported. The reindeer's brain waves resemble the reindeer's brain waves during, frankly, non-REM sleep. So, in other words, they're if they're if they're chewing their cud, they're getting good sleep all at the same time. I'm thinking maybe we should have been able to do this. We we can't. We don't have two stomachs. But it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon. When you think about chewing the cud, you're always thinking about that slowing something down and thinking about it again. And in fact, that's exactly what they're doing. This is the way that this this multitasking helps them to get through the summer months because it lets them sleep while there's abundant food sources because they're chewing, you're ruminating all this time. And at the same time, that's going to help them prepare so they can perhaps go farther to look into the soil with their better eyes to find that algae that they eat. It's amazing stuff. Had no idea reindeer were so interesting. 
Interestingly enough, the question of uh, where you where are you where do you buy the soil enhancers? I'm going to tell you that you have to shop. I can't tell you. It depends on what you're looking for, whether you're looking for it with other products, or whether you have other stuff going on. So just check it out and look. Now here is a little tune that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Stick around. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. Hunting season is here, so let Steve Owen and the friendly staff get that truck or trailer along with that Ed Shed ready for your hunting camp so you can haul that big game back into town. We still have that full line of cars, trucks, and SUVs along with trailers on site or available for order. And don't forget those Ed Sheds for your backyard or hunting camps. Come see us at the corner of Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon or online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. One of the things that makes MDOT unique is that it's one of a few state agencies where it makes sense to have more employees. If you look at our maintenance uh, crews, when I worked at MDOT 25 years ago, all 82 counties had a, a crew of maintenance workers that were there. If there was a guardrail or a pothole or a culvert that needed cleaning out, if there was a tornado or a hurricane coming, people that needed to be out clearing the roads. MDOT Director Brad White says they've lost a lot of engineers over the years due to pay inequities. MDOT spends about $70 million a year on engineering consulting firms to do that same work. 
and a fraction of that money, we could build our staff back and, and do it in-house. But I'm happy to tell you that the legislature has seen that and have been very supportive of us uh, over the last couple of years, and we've been able to readjust salaries to start building back a team of people to, to do things in a more effective way for the taxpayers. It's a big job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it, propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. Almost two-thirds of Americans support school choice, according to a survey from the American Federation for Children. Horace Thigpen with Empower Mississippi says supporting school choice is not an anti-public school stance. Not only do the children who go to another option than their assigned public school do better in school, but actually the kids that are, quote, left behind in the regular schools, they do better. Senator Bryce Wiggins says it's not an issue he hears from his constituents. Now. We are in a position that we have really good schools down in the bottom six counties, okay? And I think children in places that, well, let's just say the, the Jackson area or wherever, although they have good schools there too, you know, they need to have, uh, uh, they shouldn't be stuck in at the whim of their leaders who can't get out of their own way. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Game day has arrived for the Ole Miss Bowl game. The Ole Miss Rebels are to be taking on Penn State in the Peach Bowl. 11 o'clock is the kickoff in Atlanta, Georgia. Today, 9 o'clock is the airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. The Rebels come in at 10-2. and Their two losses to Alabama and to Georgia. Penn State comes in also at 10-2. And their two losses are to Ohio State and Michigan. This is the first meeting between the two teams. The Rebels are 24 and 15 in bowl games, 11 and 4 in the last 15, dating back to the 1997 Motor City Bowl. Other bowl games today involving Southeastern Conference teams, the Music City Bowl in Nashville will kick off at 1 o'clock this afternoon. That's Auburn versus Maryland. And then Georgia versus Florida State in the Orange Bowl. That's a 3 o'clock kick from Miami. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Hi, this is Fred Johnson, president of Mississippi 811. I'm proud to announce that Bob and Jenny have finally moved into their new house after living in a doghouse for a couple of years. As you may know, that was because Bob decided to pound a sign in their front yard without contacting 811 and hit a gas line. Bob has finally learned his lesson, but if he forgets, I'm sure that Jenny will remind him. Remember, safety is in your hands every dig, every time. Be sure to contact Mississippi 811 at least three working days before you dig. 
Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. This weekend finishes out the non-conference part of the basketball schedule. Today, Florida takes on Quinnipiac. South Carolina takes on Florida A&M. Alabama takes on Liberty. Georgia takes on Alabama A&M. Missouri takes on Central Arkansas. Vanderbilt takes on Dartmouth. Arkansas takes on UNC Wilmington. Texas A&M takes on Prairie View. And Auburn takes on Chattanooga in games today. Tomorrow, New Year's Eve, Mississippi State and Ole Miss will finish their non-conference part of the basketball schedule. Bethune-Cookman is at Mississippi State, 2 o'clock tip in the Humphrey Coliseum. 1.30 is the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network tomorrow. And then Bryant is at Ole Miss to take on the undefeated Ole Miss Rebels, 3 o'clock to tip off in the pavilion. 2.30 is the airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network tomorrow. The Rebels trying to go 13-0 in the non-conference part of the schedule for only the second time in program history. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between garden mama's here to help you keep on growing still the empress of everything green here's your horticulture maven garden mama nelly neal on super talk mississippi ah yes indeed <laughs> Welcome in. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. <laughs> Did you know that they actually divide the uh, <clears throat> amounts of bacon into pre-cooked and cooked as far as how much we consume? <laughs> Today is National Bacon Day. That's right. For those of you who've been trying to figure out what to do, Today is National Bacon Day. Now, I don't care whether you're eating bacon by itself, if you're a BLT kind of person, if you are... Um, Interestingly enough, having some, I don't know, who knows, people wrap food in bacon, they wrap asparagus, they wrap steaks, they do, how do you eat your bacon? Hmm, good question. Down in Mexico, one of my favorite things that they would do is wrap a hot dog and bacon and then cook it. Yep, that's right. And it was amazing. Best um, hot dog you'll ever have. You, you, it, and it, I tell you what, and as long as you don't look, you're you you don't even care that part of it's not cooked because that's how that always ends up when you wrap bacon around something. Part of it's really crispy and part of it's not. And if you don't like that, like I don't like that, I like it to all be crispy. Yeah, I think you just but drop it in the deep fryer. I think. Well, that was my thought. Was the next thing is there's going to be a cast iron pan full of oil over here. I'm going to finish it. Um, <laughs> This is an interesting concept that, that's going on here. You see that I messed up my text that I was answering, and then you answered the other one. So when you text us, 
You just never know who you're going to get well, or what I they're going to say. Yeah, I always try to put my name at the end so the host get, doesn't have to yeah, do my, that. My yeah, point so. is that I just, yeah. I'm just going to answer. Yeah, you, yeah. you should. You shouldn't have to take your time to do that. you, know, you got other things Are to they, do in does there. Does he know that the stream is on? Is that what, what that I, remark yeah, he, was I about? I think he was making sure that you <laughs> I know, think he football does. was not going to interrupt our guard mama today. No, not this way. Not, not, not in this particular way. For those of you who have been kind enough to tune in to the Mary Whedon and you show during the week, you know that I'm sitting in for her in that on that Metro program. So if you already heard this, pretend like you didn't, okay? Because I wanted to bring it to this audience as well. I was so phenomenally amazed by it. The word of the year this year is authentic. I've heard, I heard after I read this, I've heard everybody I've seen on television or run into at the grocery store is using the word authentic. So I guess they're right. It turns out that's Merriam-Webster's way of looking at the the biggest. Um, the most used word, most searched word, most most iterated, more times than anything else. But the word for last year, for 2022, was gaslight. You know, gaslight is when somebody tells you something and you know that it's not true and they're telling you that it is because, well, they're trying to gaslight you. Um, famous movie, Ingrid Bergman, Claude Rains, if you've never seen it, uh, first movie that... that um, Angela Lansbury ever appeared in. She was a teenager. It's a great movie, and it will scare you, make you sit on the edge of your seat, and make you distrust everyone that you should trust, at least for a moment, because that's what gaslighting does. When someone tells you, no, you didn't see that, whatever that was, or no, you didn't hear that, whatever that was, and you know you did. Now, sometimes we're wrong, of course. You know, sometimes we just don't get it right. But sometimes we are right. And the other person is trying to dissuade us from that. That's called gaslighting. How do you go from that to authentic in one year is my question. Talk about a rebound. And I, I take it as sort of a, an indication of what, uh, how the world is working for a lot of people. I wanted to point out, if you are, are, are with me uh, at supertalk.tv, you're seeing a very odd Christmas tree that is in black and white. Look closely. We're in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas, friends. And in fact, the 12 days of Christmas are in this tree. It is crazy. It's a very beautiful pen and ink. And I, I wish I could. I wish I were that good. I'm not. <laughs> but if we're going to try to live better, maybe we need to figure out that the 12 days of Christmas do exist. Have a little different joy during this particular part of time. Maybe have a few more parties. Who knows? But understanding what you're actually experiencing is what goes to the difference between authentic and gaslighting. So that's that's my my preaching for today. <laughs> oh goodness. Coolest new petunia, I've got to say, I am so happy about this. I like a petunia that can last through a thunderstorm. One of the qualities that I have not had nearly as much success in getting researchers to embrace is this whole notion of thunderstorm recovery. And how does a plant that I've got hanging on my porch or sitting in my garden, how does it come back after the storm? Some things don't come back at all. Some things just get beaten down. They lay there until you go mess with them. Others are able to rebound pretty quickly. And what I have found over the years is that petunias that have middle-sized flowers and thick petals tend to be recovery con recover a little quicker or perhaps more. 
the coolest one I have seen. And I do love this. This is um, it was introduced, but it's really going to be everywhere this particular year coming up. Like Goldilocks, these are just right for me. I like the sky petunias. Now, for those of you who've been wave petunia people, those are great. These are just different. I really like that we have actually manipulated petunias over the years to give us several different, you know, we have some that are bushy, some that are trailing, some, you know, we have all these different ones. And in fact, the sky petunias are really a phenomenon because of, again, the thick leaves and fairly middle-sized flowers, so they recover quickly. I'm real fond of the double sky magenta. It It is a beautiful flower that looks as if somebody has painted it with Purple, you know, that's the color of it. Um, Yes, I am now talking about petunias. Thank you all very much. (laughs) We're catching up over here. So that's one of my, another of the new plants, newish, newish plants that will be around. I've got a couple more to talk about this morning because I think we all want to know what the new things will be when we get into the garden centers and into ordering seeds and all of these other things that we all tend to do. I have noticed that at this point in the year, holiday bulbs are really getting a little top-heavy. The amaryllis that's two and a half feet tall on the stem has dropped a couple of flowers, and the whole thing is kind of leaning one direction that it shouldn't be, and it needs to be propped back up again. But it's also true that the narcissus have finished blooming in many cases. Even some of the orchids are beginning to be a little bit naked. And I think this is the time to understand this is the point of clean up. We want to keep anything that has dropped off of those plants out of their pots, keep that particular area cleaned up. Water when necessary, but don't overwater. You're not going to get the amaryllis to bloom again. All you're trying to do, for example, with it is to hold it until you can plant it into the garden. And in fact, you'll be planting it into the garden in just a few weeks. So you can, if it has completely died back, that's fine. You can cut the stem off, turn the pot on its side, and just leave it alone until we get, oh, maybe a month from now, you'll see a little green tip begin to appear, and that's the point where you'll pick it up and start watering it again. On the other hand, if it looks like it's drying out too much, you're always welcome to water it just a little bit to hold it through this particular point in time. I do want to say that it's if you have an orchid, and it's, for instance, a moth orchid or a dancing lady type um, orchid. This is a really good time to repot those. And I'm not going to say if you're if it's in bloom, I don't want you to do it. But when it finishes blooming, um, this is the time to do that. I'll be doing that myself this week. I've got a couple, and I do have some. I have some decent potting soil, but I'm going to get a little bit more bark for it because I want the soil for the orchids to really, really, really drain super, super well. Well. We know these things to be true. Burning is a good thing for parts of our environments. I've referred you, of course, many, many times to our friends at Crosby Arboretum because they do that as a cultural, as a phenomenon every year, and it has become a thing. People come there to see it, to study it, to understand how it works because not a lot of people can or do it. University of California, Berkeley, though, is telling us that different forest management techniques, including prescribed burning, but also used with restorative thinning, and sometimes both things are reducing the catastrophic wildfire risk in this area of the Sierra Nevadas. We all could have told them that, but the idea of fighting fire with fire is not something that we are comfortable 
thinking about as people, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. And in the case of wildfires, California announced the strategic plan using prescribed fire to 400,000 acres by next year. But the use of beneficial fire does continue to be really suppressed, literally, because not enough people know how to do it. Some people are, are worried about it. And the hardest of all, there have to be absolutely perfect weather conditions for it. When the wind can't be too high. The rain can't be too small. All of these things have to be right. We have a little bit easier time finding our ways here, but at the same time, we understand the power of burning, and we do it a little bit more here than most places. So therefore, we're able to demonstrate what some folks really cannot even see. I have uh, a couple of more of the tips that are just, I know I haven't said this since last year at this time, and you probably, if, if you've only been listening for a little while, you're wondering, how come she doesn't pay any attention to my lawnmower and, and my string trimmer and my this and my that? Well, I do pay attention to it, and i got to tell you, this is the time to really get a grip. If you do not have enough, um, for example, oomph in the mower, if, if the blade is maybe chipped a little bit, maybe even just can't you know needs to be sharpened there's all kind of things but if you until you look at it you don't know and this is the time of year to take a look you may not need to redo anything it may be fine just clean it up and you're ready to rock and roll but most people either need a new blade or to sharpen one if they haven't thought about it for a period of time in their mower if you have a commercial service that comes to take care of your lawn, you've heard me say before, make sure that they wash the deck before they come into your place. You need to do that yourself, too, especially at this time of year. Clean it all up. We are not as we're we're likely to drain the oil and gas from things, but we're not as likely as other places are because we have we can park it in the garage and it's not going to freeze. But it's still a really good idea to change the oils to make sure that the you've used up all of the, for example, if you've got a mix in, in your tool, in, in your whatever you're using, might be a hedge trimmer, might be a mower, any of these things, use it all up. Um, when we leave the fuel sitting in those lines and sitting in those, it really does mess things up after a period of time. And since we all want our tools to last forever, maintenance needs to be one of the things that we just do more often than we really necessarily think about it. When you get a calendar at this time of the year, because everybody gets a new calendar, maybe you're just looking into the one in your phone. Maybe you've actually got a paper calendar. I'm I'm so crazy. I have both. You know, a lot of people do. I may not be able to find my phone or I may need to look at, you know, there's, there's a reason for putting everything in more than one place. And I do think that this is the time to write down the things that you want to do in a prescribed way. For example, if you know that your mower needs attention, it needs to go to a small engine place and get fixed. Don't wait until March. Don't wait until everybody else in the neighborhood has decided they need to go get their lawnmower seen to. Check out your neighborhood small engine repair place. may not be in the neighborhood. may have to go away. But when it happens, you'll be glad you did. So get yourself the opportunity to do those things. If you're going to need a new tool, often this is the time of year when new tools are in a, a better, shall we say, a better price point than they might be when people are actually shopping for them. So give yourself the chance to maybe get a couple of uh, New Year's gifts for yourself. That might be fun.
I also hope that uh, you will remember that this is a great time to when you've got things off the trellises, you know, maybe you've got stuff still wrapped up around your tomato cages, all those kind of things. Clean that stuff off. Paint the wooden stuff. It'll make you feel better, and it'll actually do better, too. <laughs> yes, sir? I was going to add to the uh, the mower stuff. If you're a newer homeowner or you've never owned, like, gas-powered oh, stuff, the, you know, the um, Rebel Ace, they have a great selection of the mm-hmm. battery-powered. And uh, you're talking about mowers and blowers, and uh, it makes it a lot easier to get out in the yard if you don't have to worry about cranking something. So, you know, smaller yards and those things, it works great. I've had a lot of friends and, and buddy will tell you, some of those are really good products. So if you're looking to shop, it's probably a good time of year to get out there and find that kind of new little and, thing. And, and they are just like a car. The, mm-hmm. the last year's model is going to be a little bit cheaper because this year's model is the new year's model is just about to hit the deck. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a lot of real good shopping opportunities there. You know, I'm crazy for electric. I'm, I'm well, and then the small engine stuff it is really uh, taking off in my opinion. Vehicles, you know, you're getting 200, 300 miles, but with the batteries you're getting on these mowers mm-hmm. and on the blowers mm-hmm. and on the things that you use around the house, it's almost a no-brainer to to compare at least and see you know if it's something that you would like to spend a little more because the battery is going to cost you a little bit but well man, it saves I tell you, you money in the long run there's so much i mean they're so much handier to use i've got to say though that there is um there's still something about getting that kid started on their first job as mowing the yards in the neighborhood and it's not going to be a, a, an electric one i'm not going to invest in that for my kid to tear up that's for me <laughs> but um, particularly in the world of string trimmers, if I didn't have an electric one, I couldn't use it at all because it's I, I would need cord that you know goes to the moon. And by the time you get to the moon, the cord's not working that well anyhow. If I had to plug it in, then we go back to the gas. Well, the problem with gas st- string trimmers for me is that they're too heavy. By the time I'm carrying around enough gasoline, to the battery is just for, and you, it's counterintuitive. Again, you wouldn't think the battery would be lighter weight than a tank of gas, but it, oh, is. it is. The whole thing is, and my dad, um, he got a, a long extend arm angle trimmer, the one we had looked at, and he mm-hmm. had had he had the mm-hmm. gas power about kill me <laughs> trimming things with it and getting up on a ladder and getting the thing topped off the way he wanted and and then i finally was like man would you please get <laughs> think about I'll this be, i'll be much happier doing this and now he won't even let me use it it's it's oh, his okay, baby see, yeah. he's, he's like no no i can do this now so but the weight is so significantly it's different. really different it is and it is. Uh, and it's so much easier to use it really is i think so i'm i'm uh i'm kind of sold I've, i'm never going to want to get rid of everything that has a small engine in it because i do think that because they're repairable Let's face it, you know, it, it, and here's the other thing that happens. You put real gas in them. You, you, well, yeah, please please do that. Please do that. When you go and buy an electric battery-operated, for example, um, string trimmer, okay, now then you go and buy a battery-operated lawnmower, hedge trimmer, some other thing. You know what happens? If you're not shopping the same line, you end up with six battery stations at your house. That's not good. We can talk about it. You can tell me your problems. You can tell me that it worked or it didn't work. Whatever's going on, we're rolling toward the new year here. This is the Garden Mama Show. There she sits, a lofty perch, strangest color blue, flying is forgotten. Just you. 
Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time, made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. From the coast to the Delta and all points in between, the stories of your Mississippi, all 82 counties, are heard here. With Super Talk Mississippi News, what happens, why does it happen, and how will it affect you, your family, and your bottom line? From the capital to your county, we bring you the most important stories from all across the state. Stay here and stay informed. Super Talk Mississippi News, online at supertalk.fm. Fox Rocks. I'm Monica DeLuca. When it comes to the top album charts, Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version is back at number one on the Billboard 200. So it's gonna be forever. This marks the fourth non-consecutive week atop the list for the set. Plus, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas returns to the top ten for the first time this season. This is the sixth consecutive season the album has revisited the top ten. Can I? Lynch, a founding member and the original basis of the country band The Chicks, formerly Dixie Chicks, died in a car accident in West Texas. The group's current members, Emily Strayer, Marty McGuire, and Natalie Maines, taking to social media saying, quote, We hold a special place in our hearts for the first time we spent playing music, laughing, and traveling together. Laura Lynch left the band in 1995. She was 65 years old. That's Fox Rocks on Fox News. He doesn't accept the narrative. He questions it. We're just getting to the bottom of this. Gallo. Every single morning from 6 to 9. Super Talk Mississippi. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like Super Talk Mississippi News. On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. Your news all the time on air and online at supertalk.fm. I'm Ashley Dvorkin with a Fox Celebrity Profile with director John Woo. His latest film, Silent Night, is an action-packed and dialogue-free revenge thriller. Just like uh, Alfred Hitchcock has said, you know, every of his movie was an experiment. This is a new experiment for me as well. So when I look at a script, it's, uh, I have to change my style a little bit, you know, not trying to do everything all, all over the top. The action is also tailored to the lead character, played by Joel Kinnaman. He's, a, you know, ordinary people. He's not a superhero, but he's a, a good father, a father who have a great love with his family and his son. So uh, at the end, when he, uh, you know, took a, a revenge and uh, he been training himself, you know, can could fight, you know, so so everything is uh, all about love. Since we have no dialogue, uh, the good thing is uh, make the audience more focused on the actor's performance. Ashley Devorkin, Fox News. When everything 
Mitch Townsend. We appreciate that. Is he a sir? I don't think he's a sir. <laughs> senior. I think he's a senior. Um, I trust that you and Rich are going to get a, a meeting. <laughs> That's all going to happen. <laughs> and by the way, I'll buy the coffee. <laughs> hey, listen, y'all. I had no idea. See, there's so many things I don't know. Did you know that there were fanged frogs? That's right. Frogs with fangs. The tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny, teeniest of all. The Field Museum Chicago, of course, is letting us know about this. Uh, many of the frogs in this particular genus are gigantic. And it, it's surprising they, they weigh up to, to two pounds. In the, in the case of the brand new ones, they don't even weigh as much as a dime weighs. These are little bitty frogs. They worked from the McGuire Lab at Berkeley. They went with the Bogar Zoology Museum. And, of course, trying to figure out, well, things that are as rare as frogs' teeth. <laughs> I know, it's hen's teeth. But in this case, we're actually looking at frogs' teeth because that's what made these different from the other fanged frogs. That's right, it's fangs. They look like little pinpricks. However... They're this particular bunch of stream dwellers in Southeast Asia <laughs> have developed fangs, not for catching fish, not for showing off to the girls, just for fighting. Mm-hmm, that's right. And indeed, because of that, they have developed the ability to actually get into tougher shells for their food sources. But the point of it all was dominance. It was not actually because they wanted to be able to have a better diet. They apparently evolved the first part. The two bony fangs come out of the lower jawbone itself. So they're not teeth. They're they're fangs. They're different. And they are they're teeny tiny. They're going to be, in fact, more and more popular as time goes by. The, this is a big, big island, this particular place where they've been found on Sulawesi. This is a part of Indonesia. I've, it's one of those places where I can't give you any more geographic centrality than that because I don't know Indonesian islands enough. But it is a big island with mountains, volcanoes, lowland rainforests, and cloud forests up in the mountains. The presence of all of these diff different habitats in one space sh surrounded by water, of course, means that it is, in fact, a source of great study for biological diversity. It is indeed thought to be just as diverse, perhaps more so, than parts of the Amazon. So at being able to find these, the smallest of the fanged frogs ever discovered, is pretty exciting. There are, the, the, this, the other piece of it that's interesting for me, and perhaps why they have developed the, the fang, you know, the fighting fangs, is because the eggs are laid on a leaf, and the, the males guard the eggs until they hatch. So there may be more fighting going on there than we imagine. There also may be a new Pixar movie you know, that we haven't heard about yet. The whole world out there. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of stuff that we yet. don't know. I mean, you know. Seinfeld did bees. Well, that's right. And, and that, was that was fun. have to have a whole – they're like Smurfs. There's, there's, a lot of, there. there's a lot of world of frogs, that's for sure. I, ha I, will, I don't want to go into too, too deeply into the does the frog jump out of the pan, but the frog does jump out of the pan if they possibly can do so. I'm going to grow a new eggplant this year. I don't, I don't usually grow purple eggplants, so this is a 
change in my world. I, I, I like purple eggplant, okay, but I love to grow green ones, and I actually like to eat green ones, usually better because they are, they're not bitter. They, you don't have to go ahead and desalt. You don't have to salt them and then desalt them and do all this other stuff that you sometimes have to do to a, an older, big purple variety like New Orleans Market. Um, I learned just today, in fact, that there are more than a dozen names for eggplant in on, on the Indian subcontinent because they have different, so many different languages, and it is so ubiquitous there and so grown that it has names for every area that it's in. And I did not know that eggplant has a reputation for being able to alleviate flatulence. I had no idea about any of that. So I, you learn something new every day. But the, the word, you hope, but the word aubergine, which brings us eggplant, of course, is the color purple. So I'm going to try and grow this one because... My problem with the purple eggplants has always been that they're bitter and you have to work with them a lot, and the green ones are just easier, and I like the way they taste. But there is a certain richness to a purple eggplant that gives gives your taste your palate a different taste. So I want to grow this one and see if it is different or see if it whirls into the classic because it's a smaller-sized eggplant, and it grows on a bushier plant so they're supposed to be a lot of flowers and a lot of eggplants and you pick them at four to five inches long and then fertilize the plant and it will continue to make over and over we'll see i haven't done it yet so i don't know if that's that's the way it's supposed to grow but what's perhaps even more interesting about it is the name of the variety and it is thanos it is no doubt named for the purple-headed, block-shaped um, Thanos in, in the villain world of Marvel. But I want to know, but how, does that, how does that translate into an eggplant? So we're gonna, I'm going to find out. I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to find out. Um, we're talking about the sweet potato last Saturday. Those are they're, they're Japanese sweet potatoes. You're looking for very dark, dark maroon skin and white flesh on the inside. Okay, they're 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 just different. There's a Cuban one that is different, um, that is 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 good, it, but it's not. It doesn't look like this. This one is long and narrow, just like a classic sweet potato, but it's dark dark red, almost maroon skin, and the inside is white. That's the one that's been so sweet for me. Um, <laughs> interesting. Interesting, Rich. I'm, I'm, I know a little bit about that, but not enough to talk about it. See, there's things I have to put aside and talk about them later. <laughs> That's for sure. I want to encourage you. I just saw a Larry Stevenson had trees for sale. If you don't happen to know Larry, he sells heritage, quote unquote, is the, the category of trees. These are varieties that are not as popular as they used to be, but that are still very, very nice plants to grow because they have very delicious fruit. It's not a it's not something you're going to grow an orchard of and take over the grocery stores. This is something you're going to enjoy you perhaps well for your family certainly but perhaps it, at a local farmers market you'll run into some of these apples. And I, I think that that's part of what the great joy for all of us is being able to hang on to both of those things. So sand pear trees for me um either called apple pears or chinese pears or called asian pears most of the time it's a really really good choice and i i, I hope that you will hope that you'll either get an asian pear or you'll get a cooking pear something like a kefir okay can we talk to kenneth and leland hey kenneth how you doing what's going on in leland today 
Well, I'm almost to Leland. I'm headed back from the hunting camp. And oh, nice. We've been over, over out from Kill Michael, and they have a lot of great big bamboo. It's two, three inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to know how I can get it started in my yard in the Delta. Well, what you want to do, first of all, is make sure you have room for it, because once it gets started, it's going to run, okay? i got four acres. They're perfect. Um, then you want to make sure that you're getting some of the, either some of the shoots or some of the canes from the big bamboo. I know the bamboo you're talking about from the Delta. It's some of the most beautiful bamboo that I've ever seen, and I am... I've I've been to bamboo collections, actually, in other parts of the world, and there's some in the Delta that's as pretty as anything you're going to see any place. So make sure you're going to get some of that larger bamboo. There's two ways to start. You can get the, when the shoots come up out of the ground, you can dig those up and plant them, or you can take the bamboo itself when it's nice, fresh, and green. You don't want it to be dry to do this, but when it's fresh and green, and take it and take a one foot long section as long as it's got a, a line across it where the joints of the ba- the cane are you're going to rough up that cane a little bit that that particular junction and then you're going to plant it so that it can root and then it can sprout and it will root in the in the in the soil laid down like a uh, as just as if you would put down say you were putting a ruler you know or something about a foot long piece of cane but make sure that you wound each place that there is the line across it so that it can start its roots there a little bit more easily. But it'll it'll go. Oh, okay. Once it gets started, it, it's there. So I hope you like it. <laughs> now, it's going to take a few years for it to grow into those big stands with the great big um, the, the great big ba- bamboo itself. But if you'll plant some of those larger canes, you will know that you're going to get those eventually. All right. Okay. All, All right. right. So I need to cut it foot long. Yep, and scar wound it. it. Mm-hmm. Scar, scar it. That's right. That's right. Scar it and plant it. Now I have seen people. Okay. I've seen people who wanted to be sure what they were getting and and didn't know. You know, they were going to plant it somewhere later. They do it into wet sand in a box, and and sprout it that way. I've seen that done. I've never done that myself, but I know it worked because I watched some people do it. They were raising. They were raising, in fact, bamboo to to feed pandas. <laughs> they were and they were doing it that way so that then when they planted it, it was already rooted. All right, well, we're going to try it. All, All right, right. Well, let me know now. I want to hear. Thank you, Kenna. We'll let you know. Thank you. Thank Happy you very New much. Year. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. And say hey to everybody in, in Leland, okay? Bubba's in Starkville um, talking about frogs. <laughs> the green ones are not as bitter. Frogs and eggplant. Thank you. That I appreciate you, Bubba. I do need to restate things more often than I probably do. Oh, my goodness. And Paula has a good tip for our bamboo grower in Leland. Make sure you don't put it near the house. That's absolutely true. (laughs) Stay away from your house with that stuff. (laughs) Oh, pretty eggplants. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, I, I have to say that there's so many things that we grow at odd times of the year. In other words, if we've got a greenhouse... We're still growing summer vegetables, but we're not that we're right on time for starting the seedlings for the summer vegetables for 2024. And a lot of places, a lot of people don't get to garden in that way. There's there's just not that much. Um, there, there's just not that much. You know what I mean? There's not that many opportunities. And we have all of them, which is really very, very cool. I did not know this. <laughs> I had no idea, in fact, Um 
that that Asian pitcher plants that we didn't know that how that worked already. I really thought that we already understood how the insect traps worked. And particularly because we're now looking at really common insect species having the greatest losses in terms of their populations, we are not exactly doing right by our, our friends, the pitcher plants, either. This The insect biodiversity is thought sometimes to result from rarer species, but at the same time, we understand that in the tropics, for example, there always are more to be pollinated, more plants to be pollinated than there are insects to pollinate them. And that's why the plants have adapted into some really crazy, fancy, florific, smell at night, smell in the morning, all of these different things to, in, to really try and get the pollinators to come to them as opposed to somebody else. And in fact, the folks who have been university at Buffalo have been studying the East Asian pitcher plant. These are the Nepenthes. Um, you probably have seen these. They're pretty plants. But what they have, they are actually related to Venus flytraps, but they're also related to beets and spinach. They're not that hard to grow, okay? And in fact, getting all of these extra genes has a whole bunch to it. Um, has a whole lot of different opportunities for this particular thing to capture its prey and therefore get its food source. So the common insect species that we are aware of that are getting lower in number are not the ones eaten by the pitcher plants, but the pitcher plants are a whole lot more successful at this than we had any idea about until we got started studying their particular genome, because that's how we know what's there. We've talked before about electric eels discharging their DNA into the creatures around them in the water. This is the same kind of phenomenon. When, when, it, when it happens, it happens, and if we're lucky enough to have people pay attention to it, then we get somebody to study it, and we end up with this great bit of information. Not only are the Nepenthes incredibly adaptable, but it, it's also very true that it is not as different from the other plants as we thought. And so, therefore, what they've got to research now is how come this one has, shall we say, a, a taste of the taste of a carnivore, and my beets do not. <laughs> They're really different and yet very closely related to each other. Um, Rich has sent a, a mystery picture. Oh, if I say what it is, I'm not going to get it right, but I'm going to think about it. Okay. Ah, there you go. I wouldn't plant them outside quite yet, Andrea. I would wait just a few weeks. But yes, the waxed amaryllis will do. This is exactly what I'm talking about. When they're finished blooming and they've died back, they will. the waxed and unwaxed will eventually put out a little green nose. And that's when you know to start watering them again. And you'll be ready to plant them when the weather is a little bit warmer outside. Well, this whole day don't come easy, but I appreciate y'all being here for it. Stick around. We'll be back. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. 
For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Join us each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for the Word of Truth here on Super Talk Mississippi. That's the Word of Truth each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station or online at supertalk.fm. Supertalk.fm, Supertalk.fm, your one stop for all the news that matters in the Magnolia State. Supertalk.fm, everything you need to know at your fingertips. Supertalk.fm. Bullet points. California can't make it harder to carry your gun in public. That's the ruling from a federal district court after a number of gun rights activists sued over a California law crafted in response to the U.S. Supreme Court ruling against New York State's long-lived restrictions on firearms. California's legislature and Governor Gavin Newsom tried prohibiting carrying firearms in 26 different kinds of places, including public parks and amusement parks and other places privately owned but open to the public. The 2A advocates said that law would have made it impossible to drive across town with your firearm. The federal judge put an injunction on it calling the law sweeping, repugnant to the Second Amendment and openly defiant to the Supreme Court. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. Get the news that matters to Mississippi on Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Each weekday starting at 10 a.m., Gerard brings you a spirited debate on the key stories of the day with the newsmakers and powerful reporting on the issues you care about. Listen on your local Super Talk station or anywhere you get Super Talk Mississippi. And watch the show live on Ceasefire Channel 70, Super Talk TV, and on the Super Talk Mississippi app. This is House Call for Health. Gaining a little weight can be an unwanted side effect from all the tasty treats of the season. And while getting into shape is something on many people's New Year's resolution list, if you're planning on using fitness trackers to monitor your health, technology experts say the data can sometimes be useless if you don't know what to do with it. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends adults get at least 150 minutes of moderate physical activity every week and dedicate two days to strengthening their muscles. Going on walks to see holiday lights and parking farther away from stores when shopping are simple tricks the CDC says you can do to stay moving this season. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine says the average person gains roughly one pound during the season. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News.
will not hear that anywhere else. I can guarantee it. Now, as to what is that? What is that? Who are those people? And why did you play that? Well, obviously, because it's the only thing that says New Year's Resolution. But it's an album that doesn't get a lot of attention in the historic record of rock and roll because it was recorded just shortly before Otis Redding's tragic death. He he and Carla Thomas were huge duetters. They had a great thing going in that. I mean, their voices together, as you can tell, are just delightful. But when they harmonized, it was even better. And this is on from their their album, King and Queen, which it was released about a minute before he passed away. And it was it was a success. But it has it's kind of been folded into the back corner of, of music because it, it was not the, the process was not continued. They did not go on to even bigger and better duets because he wasn't there anymore. But the, um, the the question of New Year's resolutions, though, comes to everybody. You might be one of those folks that's made a resolution to get married. You're going to Las Vegas and getting married on one, two, three, one, two, three. Um, the, the I don't know if that's you know you know what I mean I don't I, I just that's that's crazy to me I can tell you a few other things though that are even crazier and one of them is that we now have a better way to heal tattoos one among the most outstanding inventions of 2023 is something called Mad Rabbit and Mad Rabbit's tattoo repair patch is what this is I had no idea. Um, I mean, I'm, I know from tattoos, I'm, I, do ha- I actually have one, but the point is that I'm not, I'm not artful enough to know all of these other things. This was really interesting. I did not know that keeping the, hi- the, the tattoo hydrated was a thing, which re- results in less ink loss and thus a better tattoo, obviously, when it heals. But it also, there are people who have allergic reactions to the things that put people put on it, which is usually petroleum jelly. And in fact, this particular product has UV resistance, too, so you're not going to lose color through fading. But it's just an interesting... I had no idea. It's another one of those things that until you take the pieces apart and figure out what it is that's going to be a better process, you don't actually know which the better one is. I know, for one thing, that the Luna UCR, which stands for University of California Riverside, avocado is probably my favorite thing that was invented last year. And everything else is in the is in the run up to it. Okay, this is this is the this is the avocado. Not that's going to be able to grow in zone eight necessarily, but I think it will. But it may not. But the point is, it stays fresher longer, and the color doesn't change until it's ripe. Well, for those of us who have been trying to figure out where ripe is on the avocado, I think that's great. Now, on the other hand, if that's telling us that it's real ripe that's not where i want it i want it sooner than that but on the other hand when you if you have cut into enough for example the florida the avocados they grow in florida tend to be solid green all the way up until they're ripe and beyond that's harder to determine than the hoffs which is where this one has come from so it's just a, a little bit better um, smaller trees easier to harvest and all that sort of stuff potentially hardy in zone 8b we shall see. We don't know yet. We don't have any, so we, we can't really tell you. It turns out that um, drought is one of those things that is very, very relative. My, I, I told you that I was interviewed during the kind of the peak of our drought here by someone from California who cannot imagine the amounts of water that we normally get in the southeast. 
how is that a drought? You still got more water than California because it is so far out of line from our average or from what we are accustomed to and therefore what our plants are accustomed to. Trees in wetter regions, yeah, are more sensitive to drought because they're more dependent on water. This is why when you go to, for example, central Texas, you will see mesquite trees that are half the size of the ones in east Texas, where it rains more often. It's the same tree. It's just a different phenomenon. The ones that are in that, that grow best in the wetter situations are more sensitive to drought and will be smaller trees. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a thing. Um, and that's, that's exactly what we're looking at. Journal Science is letting us know that, indeed, if we are overwatering trees, of course, we are getting too much water to them. We're not giving them what they need, which is the opportunity to get adapted to the circumstances around them. So that is the point of that whole story. One more photo from Paula in Dentville. I'm so glad you got the day off. This is great. She has rescued a Christmas cactus. Wanted to know what about it. And so what I see is that the saucers that, you know, the saucers that attach to the pots and they're really very, very attached. You don't put this plant, you don't put the pot into the saucer, but they have big saucers attached to them. That looks to me like where the source of the problem may be. If you take that saucer off, the soil at the very bottom of the pot is either going to be dry or wet. And if it's wet, then you know that the fact that the plant looks a little bit wilted is is a, a, a misnomer, so to speak, or is an, an illusion because the plant can't take up water because the soil's too wet. On the other hand, if you take the saucer off and all the soil just starts sifting out of the bottom as if it was too dry, then you know that the thing needs water, and you probably want to water it from the bottom without the saucer on it, at least for a period of time. One or two of those things will help out a lot. Um, yeah, you know, the the idea of growing avocados in zone eight is a reality, and I'm I'm very very happy to say that we we don't grow them at the levels that I'm not going to say that we're going to be able to grow more avocados than California, but we certainly are going to be able to keep up and grow enough for ourselves and for those for those we love, as they say. Human beings are guided by in making their choices by dopamine levels. Do you know what that means? Dopamine, of course, is a, a an absolutely important part of our brain chemistry that goes directly to decision-making, both good and bad, and to the other forms of human behavior. We learn because we have the, because our brains have access to dopamine, both positive and negative experiences can teach us. And if our dopamine levels are appropriate, then that gives the brain the opportunity to adjust and adapt its behavior based on what just happened to you. Science Advances is um, important in terms of being a journal. In this particular case, they're reporting this work from the Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist facility, School of Medicine, excuse me. The, the whole thing about it is that we knew that dopamine was a reward substance and that you, if you did something good and you were rewarded, you, your dopamine levels went up. But the same learning goes on from the negative experiences. And so I want to be sure that you, this is the first time that the study in humans has examined how it encodes rewards and punishments and gives us the opportunity to reflect that optimal teaching signal. For example, if you're just not learning something, if you're studying it and you're not learning it, 
It may be that your dopamine levels are not allowing you to participate in the learning process as well as you would like. But the fast changes, for example, um, th- this was all about brain stimulation and one thing and another. I hope that you will stay very stimulated because guess what? we got a new year to celebrate, folks. Don't forget now, this show comes on every Saturday. It's called The Garden Mama Show. We'll be back again next week. Thanks, Lance. Thanks to all of y'all. Stick around now. There's more good coming up here on Super Talk. The Garden Mama Show is a production of Super Talk Mississippi Media. Download past episodes at supertalk.fm and contact Garden Mama anytime at mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thanks for choosing the Garden Mama Show. Hi, this is Fred Johnson, president of Mississippi 811. I'm proud to announce that Bob and Jenny have finally moved into their new house after living in a doghouse for a couple of years. As you may know, that was because Bob decided to pound a sign in their front yard without contacting 811 and hit a gas line. Bob has finally learned his lesson, but if he forgets, I'm sure that Jenny will remind him. Remember, safety is in your hands every dig, every time. Be sure to contact Mississippi 811 at least three working days before you dig. Superior, it's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. Take a pause. Maybe you heard about the woman in the small city of Frostproof, Florida, who was found with over 300 animals living with her and her mother in a mobile home. Of the 142 cats, more than 100 were roaming freely in the house. We seized 164 ducks, chickens, and one peacock. And we seized three dogs. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judge says the woman's charged with five counts of felony animal cruelty. But now it's up to the local shelter to take on the massive task of caring for all those animals. You can imagine the challenges we have when this 309 animals almost doubles the population of our shelter. They're getting medical checks and food and shelter workers are pleading with the public Adopt an animal, but only if you can give it a good home. Take pause. Jill Nato, Fox News. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.